Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Left Turns and Loud Noises. It is episode 68. I am your host, Anthony Dietrich, recording live on Wednesday, August 12th. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, partner in crime, the mayor of Danger Bay, Kevin Costello. What's up, dude? Dude, this is only my uh, second to last episode recording in Danger Bay until I go back up to Tally. But I'm doing Lovely, good. Kevin. You're literally leaving as soon as I get there. Yep, pretty much. It's 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 the, it's it's perfect. <laughs> That's so, how I wanted it. We got a lot to cover. We got kind of a jumbled up episode, much like the race we're going to be having this weekend. So we're going to record the first half of this episode now, and then when our guest host Brad Perez—that's right, you heard correct—we're going to have Brad on the episode and Jeremy Methfield come on in about ugh, forty minutes. We'll get them on and do another recording. And then Kevin's got to leave about 30 minutes after that. So we got it kind of figured out, but not really. We're working. We're doing the best we can. It'll look good post um, edit. Yeah, post post edit's wonderful. I'll add a couple of uh, Ronaldinho soccer memes thrown in there. I don't know. I got that downloaded, so I can can mess around with it. But uh, someone who was actually on their shit this weekend or this week, uh, Kevin Harvick decided to do something that hadn't been done in about 50 years, win two races in a weekend. Yeah, good for him. Well, I mean, technically, Austin Sindrick did it like two weeks ago in Kentucky. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, Harvick, that that team is looking like the championship favorite every week, unless it's Denny Hamlin. Yeah, unless it it kind of goes back and forth. So, like, yeah, I mean, those two, no surprise, we almost had a photo finish on the uh, the end of the Sunday race with them. Mm -hmm. And they're they're just both hidden. Hitting everything they can right now in a good way, not like uh, Jimmy Johnson. Oh well, let's uh, you know, let, let let's let's hold back on the Jimmy Johnson insults <laughs> as much as we like beating him up here on this podcast. He's it, it's getting rougher and rougher for his fans realizing the harsh reality that Johnson probably is not going to be joining everyone in the playoffs this year, which is a a sad reality once again that the the Johnson fandom has to live with trying to look for last week's races and i can't even find those that's sick thanks racing reference 
We got um we got a lot of points shaking up going on. Eric Jones seems to be just fumbling the bag as yeah. uh, as his news has pretty much broken that he's out of the 20 car. And of course, we record last week's episode trying to beat the clock and NASCAR was legitimately waiting for us to beat the clock to announce all the crazy shit that's been going on. Um you know, starting with I believe the Eric Jones to um out of the 20 car and Christopher Bell into the 20 car. Uh, next year, which, I mean, who didn't see that one coming? I mean, Kevin, you'd have to be a blind man living under a rock and being beaten constantly every day with a shoe just to have not seen that coming. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, it's a tough move for Eric, but the writing was on the wall. And, like, I, like, he's younger. I get of that organization. That organization has three of the best drivers. And I'm not saying he doesn't deserve the ride because I, I believe he does. I mean, he's he's a Southern 500 winner. He's mm-hmm. a Daytona National Speedway winner. He won the freaking Clash earlier this year. Um, yeah. I mean, he's made the playoffs, I think, every year that he's been affiliated with JGR. Well, and that's two years. Yeah, but, I mean, that's... He didn't make it in 2017 when he was... Better with, than uh... Suarez did. So... Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, it's it's tough to see him go, but I, I think everyone in the garage and everyone in the... Just the whole... NASCAR scene feels like he definitely deserves a spot in the Cup Series somewhere, and there's a couple of good rides out there, man. So I would not be surprised mm-hmm. at all to see him end up in a, a competitive ride to take it to JGR next year. Yeah, so I look at Eric Jones right now, and I mean his story is almost identical to that of Joey Logano, a driver that was brought in at a very young age to a top tier team, replacing a former champion and legend in NASCAR. You know, Logano replacing Stewart and uh, Jones replacing uh, Matt Kenseth. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at it, they both had two wins. At the moment, Eric Jones has two wins in his career with JGR. Logano had two wins on his way out. Of course, one of them was rain delay. Um, and, of course, very young going into, I believe, his age 25 season next year. Um, pretty much a veteran, um, almost, uh, of, of the sport. You know, it'll be his fourth full-time season. Um, you know, and with this package, he's become a little bit more experienced how things go. And, you know, I gotta, I gotta say, I I feel like it's a little obvious where he might be going, but obviously, you know, you gotta wait until the news comes out because with Keselowski signing the one year deal with Penske, you know, the 48 car is open. I've seen the rumors and I'm sure you have too of Eric Jones in the five. And of course, you know, that means the five car comes back and we can continue those jokes. But there's also, you know, CGR, I guess, is going to have. Yeah, I've heard and that one. If Bubba Wallace goes, then maybe that 43 is open. And there's there's just a lot going on that we we don't have answers yet. And yeah, I love it because I love the I hate I hate it for him. Don't get me wrong. But as a fan, it's it's something another thing to talk about during a race weekend, which I feel like the more things to talk about, the better the experience. Well, that's the thing with NBC. They didn't want to ever stop talking about it. I think we got this a true. reference every 20 laps. So let's go back to the Michigan races real quick, and let's start with the Saturday race. So um, we had a lot of late race um, restarts, which, of course, in Michigan was, uh, you know, they're, they're very amplified. They, they, you know, you, you definitely want to be running the top, but it seemed at the bottom, if you could get linked up and get a little tandem draft, you could get something going there. And this was definitely helped out by the fact that we had the choose cone rule implemented this week. And Kevin, I don't know about you, but I fucking love the choose cone rule. That was awesome. Yeah. I am so happy. They finally implemented it. Honestly, that news when they said they were going to have it shocked me a little bit, just because I didn't think they would 
change it midway through the year, but I guess I should have, yeah. you know, expected that knowing NASCAR. Yeah, um, NASCAR. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I it's a fantastic move. Anything that adds strategy that doesn't get rid of the overall flow of a race, I think is a good thing. Um, <laughs> in every application. And yeah, this is just one more strategy element for people to pull. Like, let's say, I mean, we saw it, I think Chase Elliott was going to be third or fourth or maybe even fifth at one point on a restart on Saturday, ended up being on the inside line in second or third and ended yeah. up taking the lead for a second. And like, you would have never seen that. You would have seen him back probably in the double digits starting third mm-hmm. on the inside with uh, in a normal Michigan race. So yeah, I mean, it, it obviously hurts some people, but it's the people that it hurts are the people that play the strategy game. So I really don't have sympathy for them. I love that we got some more strategy in this. I mean, we saw it with the Toyotas. They were all trying to line up in the same uh, line for the most part to get the biggest push because they obviously mm-hmm. knew who they had to beat there. And that was, of course, Kevin Harvick with the best car all weekend. Um, and they definitely were trying to play the strategy game as much as they, as they could. And they almost uh, got it perfectly with Kyle Busch late in the race. And then Kevin Harvick uh, showed the, how just aero dependent these cars are. It looked like they got into each other coming to about 10 to go or so. And honestly, I think maybe they were about bees dick sliver away from touching. I, I honestly don't, I don't know if they actually touched or if it was arrow, but that was awesome. And Kyle also kept it off the wall there. It looked like that was way worse <laughs> at first watch. That was as clean of a dump as you can get. Yeah. I was watching that moment with uh, a couple of buddies about to go out to dinner. And I was like, as soon as that happened, cause I thought Harvey kid him. I was like, Kyle Bush may kill Kevin Harvick after this. Race. Yeah, me too. Um, and no, he, he kept a level head, which was good. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm, it's like it's tough for him just because he he probably had a winning car, but he still got a top five out of it. And mm-hmm. the Sunday race, he had a pretty good day too, finishing fourth. So that team is getting a lot better. I've noticed it since the All Star race. Um, I don't know why Kyle Busch's interview in second place kind of was very calming, which I wasn't used to, and that gave me a little bit of hope for him. And besides that tire failure at New Hampshire, which was out of his. Uh, range of you know that, that wasn't up to him so besides that that team has been a top five team in the sport every week yeah and you know what i think now with four races to go before the uh uh cutoff two daytonas and two dovers which quadruple d's going on here it's almost like guy fieri show here <laughs> um we've got i think kyle bush is is locked into the playoffs uh essentially on points i mean barring yeah. a last place finish Every single week, I I would safely assume that Kyle Busch is probably going to hold on. You know, I think after this weekend, because obviously this is a very much a wild card weekend, I think, um, you know, if Kyle Busch, if we get a random winner, like say a Christopher Bell or a, um, you know, Tyler Reddick or Bubba Wallace, you know, that might make things a little less clear. But obviously we got two Dover races. Kyle's very good there. And, you know, I like you said, he's much calmer. I think that's going to help him going into the Daytona race where he always seems to be so high-tempered about it. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do now that he pretty much feels a little more cushioned into the playoffs. And I, I've seen people say it online. I think that the JGR cars of Truex and, and Bush might come alive during the playoffs because they've pretty much held back. And, it, you know, it wouldn't even surprise me if, uh, you know, Hamlin, Truex, and, and Bush dominate. 
Yeah, ever since um, NASCAR stepped in earlier this season, and they they changed something. I forget exactly what it was, but ever since that, I want to say it was around the Coke 600 week. Um, ever since that, Chevy's fallen off a cliff pretty much. Like they've had good runs <laughs> here and there, but I don't. After Chase Elliott won at um, second Charlotte. Yeah, the second trial race, besides the all-star race, I don't think Chevy's had another win. Yeah, no, I mean, I I, I agree with you on that one. I, they have not looked good. Was Bristol after Charlotte? I think it was, like, the regular Bristol it was, race. Yeah, it was, like, the week after. Yeah, so, um, I mean, yeah, they definitely should have won that race, but uh, we, we all know what happened with three to go. Yeah, but, like, the, um, the dominant-looking teams on the mile and a half before the pandemic hit looked like Chevy. I know they only yeah, had one win. Alex Bowman for it, was but, like, looking great. Chase Elliott, from what I remember, dominated Vegas, had a late issue, and then Bowen probably should have won Vegas if that went green. Yeah. And then, he, I mean, he was good at Darlington, too. He finished second uh, to Harvick in the, yeah. the comeback race. And, yeah, just since then, what a couple you- weeks after, they've, they've completely taken a nosedive. Yeah, I mean, I want to just talk about Bowman real quick. I mean, he's he's looked terrible these last yeah. few weeks. Like, it's not good, and I, I follow some Bowman fans on Twitter, and they are extremely disappointed, and they want to see a change. And I've seen them talk about, you know, they would like to see a crew chief change or something because obviously Bowman has the talent. You give him a good car, that man can oh, yeah. the weekend. So something's wrong with whatever's going on in Chevy, and I, I hope that they get it figured out by the time the playoffs come around because definitely NASCAR is more exciting when all three cars – Look mm-hmm. like they can, you know, compete for a win, not just Harvick and Hamlin every single week, which is what we've gotten almost the last month. It feels like two months. Yeah, I mean he he finished twenty one or twenty first on speed on the Saturday race, and then he had a tire issue in the Sunday yeah. race, finished thirty six. And I mean he got more points technically than um, Ryan Newman and Chris Busher did on Saturday, considering they both got negative points technically with a penalty they mm-hmm. they yeah. received, but. Not much more than that for Bowman, and it's it's all about peaking at the right time, and that's the one thing that worries me about Harvick and Hamlin is that they're so good now that everyone else will catch up. But also, you got to at least be showing decent speed. That's like where I that's why I like where Kyle Busch and uh, Martin Truex is is they keep getting better every week, whereas Bowman yep. and the rest of the Chevys have just tanked. I think another thing that I saw from Elliott both races is he was kind of like a little not I don't want to say cowardly, but he shied away from taking those chances of restarting on the inside. And I get it. You know, you're not going to get that good push, but I mean, there's gotta be a point where you say on the third restart, okay, I'm going to take this risk. I have the win. I have the playoff points. Let's get another win, especially at a track that he is notoriously good at in Michigan. So I was just surprised to see that from chase. I guess that was just Alan Gustafson making another classic Alan Gustafson call, <laughs> just extremely safe and fuck it. But, yeah. um, I mean, the, the top Chevy, going back to that one more time, of both races yeah. was Chase Elliott being 7th and ninth respectively. And yeah. that's, that's not good enough. Nope. <laughs> Just well, nowhere, well, no way around that. I think with Daytona obviously coming up, I think that's going to be a huge boost for him. So let's, let's, let, let, let's keep a little bit of positivity there. So let's finish up a little bit more with Michigan. I want to give a shout out to Bubba Wallace. You know, I don't know if there was ever a chance that he was going to win that race, but damn, did he at least uh, give us some excitement. That was the choose, cool. cone, choose Cone rule completely benefited him. He moved from, like, somewhere in the teens to uh, restarting third on the inside um, and was able to really give a good push and then really, um, you know, 
push the conversation forward by trying to get the win almost. He was going through a middle of a gap that wasn't there. It was going to force it. Uh, still finished ninth, though. And I, obviously, any time that Bubba's getting a top 10, he's got to feel good about a car. Once again, is probably 17th at best. Yeah, you you know it's – this is how I gauge Bubba Wallace. You know it's a good weekend when a bunch of racists on Twitter say, wow, only ninth place. <laughs> and I'm like, you oh. don't know how much of a win that is for that team. Like – yeah, that's, that's a team that. It's funny because, like, you know, they don't follow the sport, but they oh, just want to comment on it to to stand their ground against Bubba for being a stand up guy. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> hey man, I, I I love drinking their tears. Honestly, they they oh they, me too. That's yeah, great. Those fucking crybabies love to just get mad when Bubba gets a top ten, and I'm just here like, thank God Bubba's still racing here, getting top tens, and it's 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 awesome to see it, man. He had a great yeah. day on Saturday. Another great day, too, on Sunday for uh, Austin Dillon, race winner Austin Dillon this year, finishing in eighth. That's uh, especially considering he started 31st. So, yeah, I mean, he RCR has been showing decent speed as of late, obviously, with Texas being the, the big highlight. But I feel like they're at the speed now where Austin Dillon's obviously in. Tyler Reddick may or may not get in, but I feel like that yeah. team is consistent enough right now to pull out. Or kind of steal, uh, I guess, is the best word. They're steal around twelve spot once the playoffs yeah. start. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens there. I mean, RCR definitely is. Um, the, I would, I just kind of wanted to correct you there by saying Chase Elliott was not the highest finishing Chevy on Sunday. So get wrecked, kid. I, you got me. Yeah, I got. <laughs> I finally, I finally got him. You got him. Get get the get the celebration <laughs> music out. I finally got Kevin. Got him. Well, good. someone someone who also got. Other people good being the field at Road America was Austin Cendrick. Oh, Saturday, well, you, you didn't you didn't let me uh, finish with Michigan real quick, but uh, whatever. Yeah, we'll talk about Austin Cendrick. Yeah, that was a race though, Kevin. That was a oh yeah a race of races there. It it was the six hours of Road America almost. Yeah, uh, that was had... a uh, a fun viewing experience for sure. I actually did not make it to the end of the race, if I'm being completely honest, because uh... I was with people out and about, but. That race felt like the uh, the lightning overtime game last night, where it just it just would not end, and everything went on forever. Yeah, so we had rain was uh, imminent throughout much of the day. So obviously, for most fans, that's exciting right there. You know, we've seen road racing in the rain and how exciting that can be. You know, the Justin Marks uh, Mid Ohio victory comes to mind. Montreal in the rain. Um, so this one was no disappointment. Um, and we got all of it. It it started with um, you know dry overcast into the rain, but we ended up what comes with rain comes the lightning, and we ended up waiting for like an hour and a half to get back racing. Definitely kind of a buzzkill, but the the boys didn't disappoint. It was a it was a lot of fun, and uh, I want to just give a shout out to uh, P Money Preston Partis for really him and uh, I believe it was uh, Balicki were running really well throughout yeah. the beginning of that race, and and that's shouts out to the uh, Miata boys who have that road course experience. We also saw Andy Lally finishing in fifth. That's yeah. Awesome say for top five experience. for Andy Lally. Yeah. And obviously the, the ringer himself, AJ Allmendinger, um, you know, fighting through the field on those last few laps. It was like, very exciting. And I was really thinking, you know, obviously Cindric's a, a road course guy. Like he's, he's known more for that than his oval wins. I feel like there's oval skill. Uh, he's he he had to really push that car because you know uh, Almendinger saved up his tires enough to give it all at the end, and so did Cindric. And 
shouts out to, to Austin for holding on there. We, it was a good race overall. Um, you know, we saw a lot of interesting things going on. Uh, obviously, I think NASCAR needs to figure out what to do with their full course cautions, especially for this weekend. Yeah. Coming up with a four-mile track under caution, it's going to take at least 10 minutes to get through a stage, I feel like it's NASCAR needs to figure something out with these, these cautions. It was taking way too long. I legitimately went to go get food at the end of the second stage, came back and there was still like 14 laps to go. Yeah. I was expecting, um, like, I think there was a caution period, not due to rain or anything that lasted 29 minutes. That's Uh, might've been a stage break. And I'm like, that's, you can't, Especially on a Saturday afternoon in the summer, there's a certain point where you're going to ask too much out of your viewers, especially with another race coming up. You can't w- tell them to wait half an hour while cars go around the track at 50 miles per hour when there could yeah. easily be one, no stages, which I know you're a fan of for the road courses, or two, yes. local yellows, whatever it may have been. Hurry it up. Or, yeah. Yeah. Because there's not like, I get if if a car is stopped in the firing line, I get it. But also, mm-hmm. It's a four-mile track. It takes, I want to say, around two minutes to get around. If a car is stopped, slow them all down through, kind of do like a safety car, virtual safety car like an F1 does, maybe like going up to the bus stop, uh, or not the bus stop, the uh, the hill into turn one, get a tractor trailer, pull the car out, and tell them to go green by can in the corner because you don't have yeah. to waste anything right there. Yeah, so here's the thing, um, you know, with NASCAR, obviously, there's... It, it, it's a lot more difficult than F1 uh, to get a car out of a sand trap. Like the, the Jesse Little, I think it was, or Jeffrey Earnhardt incident where he got stuck in the um, in the sand gravel. Like that's right off of a corner. You're, you need to throw a caution there just because like yeah. you can't get him out. Um, you know, the car in front of the pit lane, that was iffy because I feel like they could have grabbed it and got it back without that being a caution, but the rain came in or the lightning came anyways. And then obviously the Allgaier, that huge wreck, which I thought he was going off into Narnia when he missed that first wall. There was like a split second where I didn't see another wall. I'm like, oh, he's just going in the forest. <laughs> like that <laughs> one was a huge wreck. That one needed to be a caution. Yeah. But I saw people say just like Road America has an op, uh, a configuration where they can do an oval essentially through the back stretch, front stretch, and then just open up a little thing. And I mean, obviously that in a perfect world that works, but then you have to constantly reconfigure the track for the cautions. My thing is I've said it like, I don't hate the stages per se. I hate the stage cautions because that basically gets rid of the, the strategy at that point in my mind, or at least limits the varying strategies that an Indy car race or an F1 race, mostly an Indy car race would have. So I, I don't know. I definitely, I, Kevin, you and I agree. It was just taking way too long with these cautions. Yeah, I think everyone likes a long race um, in NASCAR. Not everyone, but... I don't know what you're talking about there. How was I going to say that? So everyone likes a longer race with the stages, but the whole stage caution thing, that's that's the big disagreement. Because I, I don't think I've heard a single person be against the compromise of stages without cautions. And I know if if you're going to throw cautions at, at mile and a half, so at super speedways, you're going to need to do it for the... The road courses as well to keep the, you know, equality, if that's what you want to call it. But at I don't that know if point, that's a word, Kevin, but yeah, it I get sounds, it. You know what I'm getting at, though. It sounds like, like proper English grammar. We're you're, at you're the point, we're at the point where, like, 
I don't think people would care. Plus, it's not all like our all stages are even because the whole Charlotte yeah. or Coke six hundred being four stages instead of three. It just it, it gets a lot of messy. <laughs> yeah, I I just I feel like road courses just don't like they should be treated different because they are different. But yeah. you know that's a, that's just the whole thing with NASCAR. They they want to try and be equal, like you said, and you can't. Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure. We'll see this weekend. I'm really hoping that the cautions for the Daytona race this weekend they just don't go through the whole like road course configuration. But um, I'll be there to find out. I I bought my tickets yesterday and yeah. Where you uh, where you sitting? I'm sitting right where turn one is and right when they get oh. back onto the track. I decided. Hell yeah. I, I decided to take the risk because normally when I went to Charlotte for the Roval, I sat in turn four and I watched them go right into the, um, the chicane at the end. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. do that at Daytona. And after watching some iRacing races as to where that chicane is, I was like, mm, better not sit here. Cause I'm not going to yeah. really get to see them going to one. So I found a $50 ticket in turn one and, uh, you know, not to sound like someone who's going to do something sketch, but I'm probably going to not sit there very long. Well, with social distancing, just don't be a dumbass, and I'll, I'm yeah. all for it. Yeah, <laughs> I, Kevin, I'm bringing my mask. I'm I'm going by myself, essentially. Okay. I'm gonna have. I'm just gonna be vibing on my own, just having a good time watching watching cars go around seventeen corners, a four four mile track configuration. I can't wait for those <laughs> stage breaks. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Did, so speaking of that eye racing, just before we get to the uh, the trucks, real quick. Yeah. The final chicane, I I didn't feel like it was as good of a passing opportunity as the no, the the Roval final chicane. It just kind of looks like it's not heavy enough braking for me, and it's too oh, yeah. wild. Charlotte has heavy braking, and then it's like an immediate like almost ninety degree turn where it kind of just mm-hmm. flows at like yeah. a forty five or sixty degree angle at Daytona. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, but when you look at Charlotte, I, I mean, there is a way they could have done that where they did it like Charlotte and just kind of when you're coming off of that turn four angle, like you can basically, um, you know, start leaning more towards the left. I, yeah, start leaning more towards the left, but I can see why uh, Daytona decided to do it the way they did, because if you do that and you get turned, you're going into that wall at a very fast angle, very quick angle compared to mm-hmm. how they have it now. It slows the cars down enough so when they get into turn one, they're like going to break later. And I've seen that um, compared to some of the other races that they've had, where um, uh, like I would watch some of the i racing and they'd have to break like just after the start finish line. Whereas now they can go into um, almost, uh, I think, breaking sign number one. Almost they almost can start breaking at that point. At least okay. on iRacing racing they were, and that's that was in the trucks and expanding. I have no idea what the Cup cars are going to do, um, but I mean, from what it looks like, that chicane is like year one, um, Roval, and on the back straightaway, it's not going to do much. It's not a passing zone. It's just going to slow down the cars. Okay, I mean that sucks because that would be a great yeah. passing zone if they did it just like the Roval with the final chicane. I mean that final mm-hmm. chicane is freaking awesome at the Roval. It's yeah, a perfect passing zone, but. I think that what we're going to see is the bus stop chicane on the back straightaway. That is going to be the second biggest passing zone on the track um, other than turn one. 
And I think coming out of the international horseshoe, that's going to be somewhere where I don't think it's going to be a place to make a pass, but it's going to be a place to capitalize on drivers who are going to make mistakes. And I think they're going to be sending it way off into that corner so many times throughout the day. I don't think these drivers really are anticipating just how slow that corner is and how much Mm -hmm. speed they're going to be carrying. So yeah, um, I didn't I didn't see many passes in my time there at the Rolex Twenty Four, um, mm-hmm. or in the infield section. I'd say yeah, definitely. I almost say the backstretch chicane was bigger, um, a bigger passing opportunity because yeah. I feel like it's easier to judge because it's it's straight. Whereas the, you're going through the trial for the turn one, and then you got to turn and then turn again for the turn mm-hmm. one entrance, and I feel like that's oh. where all, all the mistakes will be. Yeah, um, or oh for sure, m- more of the mistakes should I say, but. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no one knows have, what to expect. <laughs> good thing we're going to have someone on our podcast in a few minutes who's actually driven the Daytona road course multiple yep. times, and he'll be able to tell us the best passing zones. So we'll, we're getting a little excited here, obviously, for this big weekend. But let's talk trucks, and let's give a big shout-out to Zane Smith, who finally gets the big uh, number one in his career. Awesome to see a first-time winner, and really awesome for Zane Smith. He said it. Right after his win, he doesn't come from money. He had to work his way through here. And, I mean, I, I knew this was going to happen at some point ever since watching him in the eight car in Xfinity season last year. I was like, this kid has talent. Yeah, I mean, I it's not often you see a guy tear up in his victory interview just because of how much it means. Especially, like, first-time winner is always great, but it's usually a bunch of, like, pent-up excitement. Yeah. Or, or frustration with Todd Gillen. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, he was... I mean, he was crying, and that's, that's yeah. what we love to see, as weird as it sounds. We love emotion. I I was very happy for him. Obviously, at some point, I've said it already multiple times this year, Christian Eckes is going to win a race. I thought <laughs> he's this so close, man. Christian Eckes is going to win. <laughs> I think this is the second time he's lost a race on the last lap, but uh, great pass oh by Zane God, Smith yeah. to make it stick. I don't even think the announcers saw that one coming. Like, definitely there was going to be some kind of move, but the fact that Zane did it so quickly and made it stick like that, you know, I don't even know if Eckes really uh, figured that was coming. But honestly, just fun race overall. I, I'm really happy for him. And a great, uh, you know, you look at the, the top five finishers, Zane Smith, Christian Eckes, Tanner Gray, Tyler Ankrum, Todd Gillen, lots of young, talented drivers in the truck series that are looking to make a name. I mean, I think the average age of that top five Five is 19 years old like, I, I feel old <laughs> yeah right that's saying something dude i mean overall though great job for those guys shouts out to parker kligerman i think that we were saying last week he wasn't going to make the race because of whatever stupid thing it, it rule with the owner's points and look at him he's there and he finished yeah. ninth like we all mm-hmm. expected him to because he's 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 good in the trucks of course yeah you know if it wasn't for the nbc gig and him actually being good at it Dude, Parker would be awesome full-time in the trucks. I, dude, I didn't even know he was still only 29 years old. Yeah, he's he, he, he won the ARCA championship at such a young age. Yeah. Um, and, and nothing really after that great happened. And, like, yeah. he's, from what I've seen across social media, just a, a guy who loves racing. And, yeah. I mean, really we'd all nice love to guy. see him in a good ride. But he, he does a great job, like you said, on NBC. Yeah. Um, super excited to see what he'll be doing the rest of the year and in the future. Yeah, I'm hoping that he gets another opportunity in that 75 truck. You know, I, I think that he gets to do Dega. He did Dega last year or the year before. He's won there. Oh, yeah, he's won there twice. Yeah. He just he yeah. shows up and has no business winning a race and then sticks the flag on the ground like he does, which is you, you, awesome. You got to love it. 
Shouts out to David Gravel, uh, Mr. Dirtman, finishing in 10th. I didn't know who he was, and now he's made me know who he was. He spun yeah. and finished in 10th, so good <laughs> for him. Um, Tate Fogelman, never heard of that man in his life, and he finishes in 13th, so shouts out to him. A lot of guys I just don't – I'm not familiar with just getting <laughs> some good finishes this weekend. And, you know, another shakeup in the point standing there. I want to just take a look real quick. I mean, we how many races do we have before – because they are the ones who start the soonest, if I recall correctly. I have no clue anymore with COVID. I'm be honest. That's let me fair. That let is me fair. peep it. <laughs> um, I do want to say though, speaking of Johnny Sauter, we uh, we saw him and Enfinger get into it for the lead, and mm-hmm. him wreck. And we didn't even mention from our Cup Series recap, Brad Kozlowski. Yeah, what that's what I was trying to get to, and you wanted to go straight to Elkhart late. I was like, oh, okay, I guess we'll yeah. just miss one of the <laughs> biggest things that happened on Sunday. Yeah, so obviously, you know, Sauter and Enfinger, that happened, but I mean, I guess that was just a precursor to Brad Keselowski and Lagan, or I'm sorry, Blaney, and I, I can't do a driver that is more unfortunate to be in the lead than Ryan Blaney. Yeah, just, <laughs> I think this is the third this year uh, that Blaney's taken while leading the race. I just, second or third time at least, I don't really, I, I just feel so bad for the guy. And of all people, his teammate who re-signed with the team, like, oh, man. <laughs> That's oh, like yeah. literally the worst possible case scenario for Brackett's last year right there. It's like, yeah, you just re-signed, but then you go to Penske's, the track he literally built. You go to your home mm-hmm. track the, in, in Ford's background and then crash your teammate racing for the lead. That's, that's just unfortunate. And you mentioned it too, like that we don't know the future with um with Michigan right now uh, for next season in the future. So it's like, was that Brad's last chance to get a win on his home track too? I think they'll race at Michigan. I'm just not saying two races. They'll definitely at least okay. have one. Yeah. All right. Well, good. But either way, I mean, that's just super unfortunate because I think we all we all thought it. You know, Keselowski and Blaney were the only two other cars I think that could properly compete with. Um, yeah. Logano and, and, and Hamlin and you know they they definitely were able to yeah sorry what well, I said Logano. <laughs> Harvick and Hamlin thank you and um yeah they just took each other out and I I just at that point I looked at the what was left in the race and I said that's it it's either Harvick or Hamlin yep <laughs> and I I didn't even get to go on my whole rant about how cars physically just cannot get side by they'll catch each other sure but they can't get side by side if they want to and that, yeah, that, that I know. was it's... frustrating at the end there for me. But, um, you know, at least you enjoyed it, Kevin. I did. Yes. Um, so before we get our guests on, should we hop into our favorite segment of the week now? The uh, the F1 Minute. The F1 Minute. Yes. Um, well, uh, Supermax. Uh, Supermax. Supermax. Max. Max. He got it done. And uh, good call on Red Bull. I think they all saw what happened um, last weekend with Lewis and Valtteri's tires and said, okay, well, uh, let's all just start on the hearts and figure it out from there. <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, the varying strategy had me very confused, had me very worried. And for the first time in a long time with F1 race, I honestly had no idea what was happening until yeah. just around the very end. And even that, I mean, Lewis was really pushing there. I mean, we had Lewis. I, I felt like he was just going to blow the tires again. And uh, late race pit stop and, and, and fighting through the field and, Got through Valtteri Botas, and I'm sure Botas is furious that uh, you know a guy like him is just getting the second best uh, uh, you know strategy. It's almost like he's the second driver at Mercedes. Yeah, I was watching um, the race with a couple of buddies Sunday morning, and I literally looked at him when Hamilton was 
we we weren't sure if he was gonna pit his second mm-hmm. time, and I was like, guys, this is straight up like watching a movie. Like this is so good. Like you see, like it was built up in the beginning with the whole tire strategy, then Max passing Botas on track mm-hmm. after they matched on pit stops, and yeah, what a what a race, honestly. And it's good to see someone else besides Mercedes win. I think everyone can say that. Um, not lying, except for Toto Wolf, but. <laughs> I mean, competition's great, and if you look at the point standings, Lewis obviously has a big lead, but one DNF this weekend at Spain, and a 1-2 finish by Valtteri and Max, and we, we yeah. have ourselves a pretty close three-way battle for the championship. Yeah, you know, and obviously with Spain coming up, I think that, you know, obviously it's the dirty air simulator at that point. It's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> good luck um it's gonna be hot though so the cars it's the middle it's the middle of august in spain with all the dirty air that these cars create i'm going to just go out on a limb and say not everyone's surviving this one i think we're gonna see some uh technical failures and uh we've already seen mercedes with two races where they just weren't able to figure out technically speaking what's going on with their cars and i was i think you mentioned it or someone else had mentioned it that because how fast Mercedes is, like that had to do with the tire stress with the first uh, Silverstone race, and obviously with in Austria the high temperatures there and the uh, bumps in the um, what is fucker the curbs or whatever <laughs> they, I couldn't think of the word those were causing stress in the gearbox. So I would yeah. not be surprised if we see some of the big names having some technical issues. I mean, obviously this could also just land right in Ferrari's laps. They seem to just, they seem to figure some of their stuff out on the fly. So. Well, Leclerc's lap, but I feel like Vettel's a lost cause at this point. Vettel is a lost cause. We got another Spinella in the first corner. Yes, it's we did. It's almost like it's just, he does it on purpose. It's, it, it's, it's hilarious. I can't, I, I can't believe it keeps happening, but um, I'm excited <laughs> for Spain somehow, you know? Just yeah, I, of, I'm going to get the, up and watch it. That's going to be a great day for racing. Cause it's, yeah, it's uh yeah nine o'clock for us is the f1 race and then Mm -hmm. trucks at i want to say noon is that what it is yeah so i gotta figure out what i'm doing because i believe trucks are at noon so i don't Mm -hmm. know if my ticket gets me into the truck race or not um it should yeah i don't see why yeah Yeah, it it definitely will for sure i want to go to daytona as early as possible to watch the trucks but i also want to you know not miss f1 so let's uh take a commercial break and we'll come right back with brad and methy So we are now back and we are joined by our co-host, Jerry Methfield. Hey, Methy. Good afternoon. How are you today? I'm good, man. Glad to see that you made on here. And we also have our good friend of the program, uh, Brad Perez is back. What's up, Brad? Long time no see. What's up, guys? Good to be back. Dude, happy to, happy to have you, man. It's been, been too long. We haven't seen you since the end of the 2019 season. So uh, lots... A lot's happened. What's going on in your world, man? Uh, you know, just uh, on the weekends with NASCAR still, um, somehow. And uh, <laughs> otherwise, we're kind of just digging. I'm, I'm working uh, a real job during the week, which is pretty fun. It's a nice contrast to uh, being uh, 
at a sporting event that no fans can go to. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool, and racing occasionally whenever I am not broke. Yeah. Sweet, that's <laughs> awesome, dude. How's the racing been going lately? Actually, really good. Like, kind of makes me sad how how well we've been. Like, I, this is probably the most work I've ever put into my own race vehicle in a long time, and it actually paid off. Like, we're uh, sixth at a national. Dude, that's awesome. Pretty sick. Uh, yeah, those like those, those onboards I saw from Road Atlanta where the guys in front of you were wrecking out, I was like, holy crap, this guy has some serious skills because I would have been that completely just off a of reaction alone. Dude, I was just laughing. That's like I guess that's <laughs> I guess like this is where I'm kind of glad I've gotten to the point experience wise where I don't freak out over things like that. Cause man, when I when that dude wrecked in front of me, the first thing I thought of was Damn, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Love it. Uh, anything coming up on the schedule with that, or do you not know uh, what what what's up with the Miata's situation yet? Um, honestly, I could really do whatever race I want. Um, okay. I, I kind of I want to do VIR in a couple weeks. Yes, I could sir. also do Sebring majors in a couple weeks. But then I was like, man, do I really want to like drive the dick off my body? and like not have a motor and like struggle and then maybe get like a top 10 or do i want to like wait and like actually get nice stuff so i don't have to like drive the dick off my body every week that's fair pinata's looking nice though since you uh fixed it up though i will say oh it it looks like it looks terrible Um, oh really well yeah i know like i i've i beat the hell out of that door last year at vir because i ran out of talent and i just still haven't fixed it i kind of just like the way it looks now your buddy matt's photos <laughs> made it look really good so he's good at that it's crazy yeah. it makes the good part of the car look nice well uh, i'm glad that we have brad here because brad you've had experience in the last uh two years and some change with uh running at the daytona road course so you're kind of the only specialist on this podcast who actually knows anything about what to expect this weekend. So give us your take on what to expect as we head into the Daytona Roval from your experience side things. So um, I guess like I should just note whoever doesn't know me or my experience or anything. I have driven a stock car twice ever. (laughs) Um, I've driven a late model. Um, and I've driven a Miata and a Mustang and a Porsche Cayman at the Daytona Road Course. Probably have like six hours of track time total That's on that track. We have combined six hours, six hours more than anyone else. <laughs> yeah. <races>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's actually a really good point. Um, yeah. That's 600% more track time than any of us combined. And- Methy but, is an actual yeah. physical race car driver from the past. Like, dug him up and everything. <laughs> oh, I'm a retired used to be. <laughs> Damn, that's that's meta. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's that's my um, my experience. But I feel like the keys to the race are definitely going to be who can save tires mm-hmm. and who can maintain a pace. Um, obviously keeping all four on the track, that's just every road course, but yeah, Daytona road course, I think is going to be unique in the way that the track surface, although Daytona itself was repaved in 2011, that road course hasn't been repaved since like 1979. Oh, wow. I had no idea. That's that's like a very important topic that nobody has mentioned yet. (laughs) Like it has not been repaved. Yeah, dude, that, that track eats tires. Um, 
like the bus stop was repaved, but otherwise, like the rest of the infield was just completely bare bones still. Oh, um, I think it's it's going to be super clutch. Whoever can maintain their rears, because um, you're still you're going to be in first gear, going like 50 miles an hour in the first horseshoe, and probably going to be going like 170 mile an hour into the bus stop with like Sheesh. crazy loads on your right sides and off a of NASCAR two and off a of NASCAR four. So it's definitely going to be a managing equipment race. Um, I didn't think that this race would be hard on track bars, but it's definitely going to be hard on track bars now that they have the the sausage curves off of four and that yeah. weird chicane. So, yeah, the, whoever can keep the car in one piece by the last stage, that's that's going to be it. And it's probably going to be a very few, a very small group of people that can actually do that, at least for the Cup and Xfinity races. What's well, your what favorite if it part? Rains? Oh. What if it rains? Will that save tire wear? <laughs> see yes think... because there's not gonna be anyone running <laughs> well yeah yeah i think it's gonna be great because there's gonna be a full course yellow every five minutes because <laughs> uh, another thing like uh this track you're gonna see a lot of full course yellows because if you go off anywhere here there is a 90 percent chance you're gonna be stuck uh whether oh, it be the international horseshoe the west horseshoe um the bus stop has a tire wall that's like 30 feet from like the apex of the bus stop yeah like coming off of th- that chicane off a of nascar for like the inside wall is like 20 feet away like <laughs> there's gonna be whoever goes off it's not gonna be pretty and it's definitely gonna cost everybody track time so strategy in i guess guessing when the cautions are gonna come out or if it rains maybe even plan a little strategy on tires will probably help somebody or especially since nobody has been on this track and nobody's been on this track in the rain. So at night I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for a lightning delay and then a nice <laughs> evening shower. They put lights up in the infield. So, Hey, no practice, no qualifying, never been on this track in the rain at night. Go. Yeah, it's gonna the be only fun. the only aid that I think the drivers have this weekend is they got the uh, the tall blade now back just for this weekend alone, which I guess kind of a double edged sword because it's obviously more downforce braking is easier, but that braking zone it allows for more aggressive braking now, which especially for the infield portion that's inviting a lot of chaos. Uh, so we'll see how. How that all plays out, especially going into the the international horseshoe, because that's right at like turn one and through that little chicane they have uh, heading t- towards the international horseshoe. It's pretty fast, but that yeah, like you mentioned, Brad, your your first gear, and that's <laughs> should be fun. <laughs> and there's no runoff too, which is the, yeah. the best part. <laughs> the the runoff there is down. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it goes down literally. Oh man, I'm looking at the uh, weather for the weekend. We got a 42 percent chance of rain on Saturday afternoon and a 51 percent. Now, obviously, I think that's just weather models just being generous to Florida in August. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't. We just don't know what to expect until maybe Friday afternoon. So what we maybe can get an idea if there's any fronts moving in or anything like that. But uh, I'm, I'm anticipating. Um, you know, hopefully we get a little bit of that kind of wild factor going on. Cause I, I won't lie. Road America was a lot of fun last weekend with that, uh, rain to dry pattern we had at the end of the race. I, I had a good time with that. So Brad, was your boy Preston running, uh, the Miata when y'all were in Daytona a couple of weeks ago or was that? Absolutely. Will? No, he that was. was both of us. We, 
So he was in the race. Will was in the race. Uh, Brandon Brown was supposed to be in the race, but he Ooh. didn't show up. Ah, um, he was going to race Brian Henderson's car. Um, they had a couple other NASCAR guys run in different classes. Um, okay. Like, is anyone else in that ARCA entry list? Was was anyone else there that weekend for the Miata race? Yeah. Um, okay. I know. Kid racing for Visconti. I, I cannot remember his name off the top of my head, but I know he raced uh, an open wheel car there this weekend. I don't know how that applies, but I mean, he's, he raced it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Tracks I know out. there's a, um, the guy running for Chad Bryant. Um, he races in uh, TCR in the uh, IMSA Michelin Pilot okay. Challenge. And he raced Sweet. the uh, the Daytona race. Um, and he showed up for the SCCA weekend as well. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, a couple others, but I know Bobby Kennedy was there. He's racing for Rayum. Ooh. Uh, Did you guys yeah. see that the CEO of uh, Pocono Raceway is in the race? Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, like straight up. Trucker. <laughs> no Arca. way. In the Arca race. No, he oh, was a no former way. Arca race. He's like 31 Arca starts under his belt or something. It's been forever, but yeah, he's, he's awesome. racing in it this week. I know, right? <laughs> Dude, that's, that's awesome. I wish I was on Fox instead of Mav TV. No, you can watch yeah. it on Track Pass. Oh, so if better. you have NBC oh, Gold, yeah, might just have to buy it track this though. weekend. Yeah. Dude, I I bought it. <laughs> I always I have like beginning of the season. I bought Track Pass. I think it's like probably one of the best purchases I've made. This is not an ad. It's what five bucks <laughs> for a month with like everything. Dude, I paid the forty dollar plan. You get every series: American Flat Track, IMSA. Oh, like local NASCAR, like Langley Speedway every night. Okay, like, that is kind of worth it at that point. Yeah, Shit. I wish I actually invested in that. Now I feel like an idiot. It's never too late. It, it's never too late, but it is. Um, I got to figure that out by this weekend because I'm going to be driving up on maybe Saturday. So, oh, yeah, P1 I'll be is there. Fifteenth, hell yeah! Dang, I'll be there Friday night. Oh so we... shit! Shit! Yeah, so oh. they're not the only people they're allowing in the infield is race teams. I don't think they're allowing fans or anything, so it's going to be completely different from the fall, or from the February race, should I say. Yeah, same at the 24. There's not going to be any fans. Even in the infield, yeah. like, general, there's not going to be any fans, which is yeah. kind of terrible, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. there's not going to be any fans on that Saturday, because that would be a lot of fun to get to see the kickoff of how this goes, especially considering how much fun experience Hell, Friday, too. Honest. No, Friday, dude, the ARCA <laughs> race, man. I, I don't want to be front and center for that. Yeah. That arc was on for a second. Arca breaks, breaking in a new track. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm that's so gonna excited. be a shit show. <laughs> All I'm saying, if I if I'm working in the building across the street and and have access to the track, I'm sneaking up into a booth where no one can see me and laughing my ass off of those entire twenty nine laps or whatever it is. How many I... first lap wrecks are there going to be for each series? Like, what's the over under set at? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> yes, I I agree. Yes. I, mean, I think even when Kevin Harvick, Kevin Harvick says having him on the pole is a bad idea because he has no idea where he's going. <laughs> I think that speaks volumes on the severity of the situation. That it's think... going to be a holy. I don't know where I'm going. Cup and trucks, I feel like, have the advantage going into turn one just because they have that downforce and also they get to watch people from the day before. But Xfinity, low downforce. Oh, man. That's, that's going to be a shit show. We're going to be ripping track bars, ripping tails, <laughs> ripping I would I would be surprised panels. if more than one of the races this weekend goes a complete lap without a four-course yellow. 
I honestly, nice. I'm expecting a couple red flags per race. <laughs> well, they do have the whole four miles to get around under caution, so that will at least be ten minutes per caution line, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Now, Brad, you're you're working with uh, Tommy Joe this year, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, just make sure he takes the um, eye racing. I'm just here for my safety rating. Start in the back, stay in the back, and just <laughs> let everybody else do their yeah. thing. That's a I've story got a about lot of top that. tens. I have a story about that. Let's talk Hello. about let's talk about Tommy Joe starting at the back. I hope he hears this because I I laughed like because <laughs> he explained this to us after the race and in my head I'm like man come on. So this <laughs> this week at Road America or last week at Road America we started last. I mean dead last. Going into turn one, the 52 car decided I should have going into turn three. The 52. Broke at the 700 marker going into turn three. Of course. Um, I'm pretty sure there's only a 300, a 200, and a 100. He broke at the I was going to say, yeah, that's pretty early. <laughs> and uh, Tommy Joe was not expecting it and tore the nose of the car. <laughs> ah, shit. Good that's start. Why, Good that's start. why we had a flat tire that first lap is because we ran into Cody Vanderwall because he broke too early. And I told him, I was like, you didn't know he was going to break early? I'm like, man, I, I don't think he's ever turned right in his whole career. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a couple guys in the ARCA race who have literally said, I have never raced on a road course in my entire life. So. Send it. <laughs> and this oh, man's racing gonna... in the Xfinity series, man. Yeah. No, no disrespect yeah, to Cody yeah. Vanderwall, but damn. <laughs> Good luck, Probably anybody known better. Oh man, I'm excited to see that Xfinity or Xfinity Arc race uh, as much as any of the other ones this weekend. Our uh, your good friend uh, Will Rogers is going to be racing in there. What do you think are the odds for someone like him or just anyone doing a one-off race this weekend? Uh, well, going uh, against the big teams. As the owner and CEO of Brad Perez Racing, I have full confidence that in his driver <laughs> coaching program with Brad Perez Racing, he has learned all the capable tools. To win at the Daytona Road Course, uh, considering that he started uh, 33rd or 34th and finished ninth in his preliminary race in his oh, first wow. ever time at the Road Course. So. Holy crap. That's very impressive. Yeah, I, I like the yeah. tape job you did on the eight there, by the way. Oh, yeah, thank you. I'm that creative a, sometimes. It was artistic, dude. I really liked it, man. You got that <laughs> skill. Were you the same one who painted uh, Tommy Joe's car for the past weekend at Road America? Because that, that car slapped. Oh, no, I painted the bear bond on it when, you, when dude, we wow, hit Cody Vanderwall. I, I noticed yeah. that. I noticed that. <laughs> it looked great, dude. <laughs> yeah. Kevin, you got to bounce? Yes, I do have to bounce. Thanks, uh, Brad and Matthew, for joining us real quick. Have fun rounding out the rest of the episode and have a great time in Daytona this weekend. Thank you, man. All right. Take care, y'all. Kevin, Kevin, text me your picks. All right, we'll do. All right, thank you. So yeah, speaking I, of picks, we get to do some uh, some first time picking at the road course. So we got obviously a lot of races to talk about. I I think I feel like we've kind of discussed what would be the most exciting race of the weekend. Brad, I want to I want your opinion. What is going to be the race to watch this weekend? Nasfinite. <laughs> so don't miss that one on Saturday, boys and girls. That one's going to be the shit show. That's going to be a bloodbath. Yes, sir. Who do you think is going to pull out ahead of that one? Because how many races they got till the uh, playoffs? Like three or four? Yeah, I think the cutoffs in like three races or two races. Oh man, I'm getting close, dude. Let's get let's get Tommy Joe into the playoffs. Let's let's weasel his way in there real quick. Uh, I don't know. 
Let's get that fat dub. I definitely hey, will say I'm it could gonna... happen. We have the cars for it, but I think I don't that know. Almond, yeah, I think Almondinger and uh, Briscoe and Cindric are obviously the guys. I think Almondinger's racing this week, and I saw his name on there. He is. Yeah, so he's going to be my pick, I think, because he's going to be the only one besides Cindric probably going full send the entire race. So you know, I think he wasn't starting in thirty third either, which is nice. They finally fixed that rule, so he's in. Yeah. Usually, I have Kevin do this for me. Oh, damn, I hit the wrong one. Kevin's always so on top of this stuff, and as soon as I lose him, I've got it. Yeah, he's starting in 10th. I gotta do all the hard work. Andy Lally starting in 6th is gonna be oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I'm really, that's uh, that's gonna be my dark horse son. Alright, so, uh, been a long time since you've been on, Brad, so if you don't remember, we have our dark horse sleeper and favorite for our picks for the cup race this weekend. Um, I haven't done all the points, but last weekend, um, three out of the four of us picked Harvick to win on both weekends and so three out of the four of us including Matthew. Uh, yeah I got him on smart. Saturday. Yeah you got your pick with right on Saturday. My dark horse uh, my uh, curse kicked in again on Sunday and he took out Blaney so I was like sorry about that. No <laughs> it, 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 it's no big deal Methy. you know obviously I didn't want Ryan Blaney to win Sunday or anything so I, I had no problems with you absolutely just cursing the shit out of my weekend. <laughs> it's what Thank- I do. Thanks for that my friend. But uh, yeah, we've I haven't tallied up the points, but from what it looks like, I'm probably still leading, and probably by a lot more now that Kevin had some bad picks over the week. So we'll see how that goes. I'll post it on Twitter. But um, yeah. So for this one, Brad, we actually are keeping uh track of it this year with our points standing. Yeah. And I've been I I think I have four wins on the season at this point. So it's gonna be tough to catch up, but uh, I'll tell you. But what, I think Brad, I get like double points because I picked uh, Bowman at the beginning of the season, and y'all laughed at me. Yeah. Okay. You'll 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 let that one like just be your victory all season, even though you have three <laughs> wins. That's the only yeah. one I need. That's the only one I need. Hey, Alex actually did not pick Brett. Like he picked um, Kyle Busch seven weeks in a row, and then finally for the Sunday race picked Kevin Harvick, and this was before. Um, Harvick won on Saturday because we all made our picks after that race, and Alex actually got it right. So good on Alex. I'm gonna get his picks a little later, but he's he finally got a win, not picking Kyle Busch. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? So I've got our dark horses, and Methy, since you got one of the wins, actually, you know what? I'm gonna let Brad go first. Brad, you can give us a dark horse, so someone that you wouldn't expect to win the race, but since it's a uh, kind of a shootout, I have a chance. I would like to give my dark horse pick to Cole Custer. Okay, um, I'll allow it. Normally we wouldn't, but because he actually has a win, but I will allow it because you're a so, guest. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That well, yes. his win that that was random, but I still don't, <laughs> well considering that he's like below twentieth in the point standings. Yeah, I like I feel like like I could give him a shot because Cole Custer has experience at the Daytona Road Course. Um, he raced the Michelin Pilot Challenge race two years in a row. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, he is in a Roush Yates motor. Um, hmm. And I do believe that he's probably one of the smoothest drivers. And I think he'll, he'll definitely benefit from some calamity and strategy this weekend, considering that you can make the first two stages on a tank. So games I can be I did not played. realize that. Interesting. Yep. So we'll still have strategy even these ridiculous stage break cautions that i hate so much it'll be more tire strategies than anything though that's why i think it's gonna be fun 
You think we're going to see a competition caution this weekend, even with a 10-lap stage? Probably, yeah. Oh, God bless NASCAR. Yeah. Um, all right. <laughs> so, Methy, let's get, uh, let's get your dark horse. Oh, I'm not really necessarily going for points. I'm going for uh, – I'm going to play chaos. to my strength, which is cursing. So, <laughs> being a fan of chaos, I'm going to go with uh, Michael McDowell because I do believe he has some pretty decent road racing experience. Okay. Um, That's true. I don't know if he's ever been on that track or not, but uh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I've already written um, it down in blue ink. Are you kidding me? No, no, scratch (laughs) it off. Scratch scratch it off. (laughs) Brendan gone. Oh, yeah. I wanted to give a shout out Mm -hmm. to him at the end of the episode, but yeah, Brendan gone back this weekend recovering from COVID. So, uh, yeah. And I know he's raced there before because he made a comment on Twitter about. uh, if he lives, if he breaks at the same point in a cup car as he did in whatever car he was driving, he'd land oh, yeah. at the airport. <laughs> I remember yeah. hearing that too. Yeah. Dude, so I'm, I, wrong, that's though. my dark horse. Damn it. I was actually, I completely forgot that Brendan Gaughan was going to be racing. He's starting dead ass last, but you know what? Might be some good luck when everyone sends in turn one. He's uh, taking it eye racing just here for my safety rating. <laughs> yeah, he does I'm have gonna... an ECR motor as well. I'm going to go and pick Chris Busher this weekend, just based off of what Brad said with the Roush Yates engine. See if that plays in my favor. He had a top five here at the 500, obviously a different, but uh, there was a lot of chaos in that one. So I'll take it as a chaos top 10 Chris Busher this week. Uh, Brad, mm-hmm. give me your sleeper. My sleeper. That's going to be Matt DiBenedetto. Matty um, D. Okay. Although he has no experience at the Daytona road course, he's shown to be pretty quick at adapting to tracks he's not familiar with. Road America would be one of them. He did really well last year, even though he kind of choked at the end. Yeah, we still don't um, know how far in Anaria he went last quarter. I never saw yeah. a replay. Yeah. But uh, I think, I mean, it's a Penske car. Mm-hmm. Um, he got the sim time. I think he's a pretty stout road racer. Um, so I think, you know, if... If the cards are played right, I feel like he definitely will be in the mix to to be at the front at the end. All right. That's a good pick. Good pick. All right. Uh, Methy, give me your sleeper. Uh, I'm going to go with a true sleeper on this one, uh, Clint Boyer. Okay. He's, like got a ro- he's got a road course win at um, well, Sonoma, Sonoma a couple years ago. I forgot about uh, that one until I looked it up last week. I just – it's – I. And plus, he's always good for chaos, and it'll sound funny on the radio when he sends it and takes out 18 cars. So <laughs> I'm going for chaos. All right. Um, well, I am going to go with uh, someone who I hope by now he can get his first win. I think that last year at Watkins Glen made me a true re- believer that he could get this done at some point. Um, I think Will Byron is going to get his first win this weekend, and I'm, I'm going to oh. stick by that one. I, I think it's about damn time, honestly. As long as he doesn't bring the sun bleach scar, I think he's fine. Hmm. I think that's yeah, a good they pick. left that car out in the sun too long. Yeah, they hmm. really did leave that car. In his, and Kevin loves that car. He, he dies by that car. And that I just say, ugly. nah. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was a sun bleach scar. They just, it's like, looked like one of my die casts as a kid that I left out in, in the sun for a week and came back and was like, shit, what happened? And your dad <laughs> found it when he launched it across the yard because he hit it with a lawnmower. He brought it in the house. He goes, explain this. Like, I don't know. Oh, it would. <laughs> Please, my dad doing lawn work, it would be more like he, I left it outside. He was in the pool and stepped on it, and it was like a Lego. <laughs> Come on. 
Uh, Brad, can I get your favorite? All right. So there's only two answers to this question, and I'm glad I got to be the first one to answer because I know who I'm going to pick. I'm very confident with this pick. Martin Truex Jr. Oh, well. Yeah. I, I, I can agree with that one. I have multiple uh, statements to back this up. He has James Small as his crew chief, mm-hmm. winning V8 supercar crew chief. Guy knows how to plan a track bar deep into the track and make it work. Um, guy knows how to set up a road course car. Martin Truex is a proven road racer, two, a three-time road course winner. Yes, sir. Um, and, I mean, it's a Joe Gibbs car. He also yes. has experience at the Daytona road course running the IROC race in 2006. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, that, so, was, that was a long, long time ago. Yep, I was there. That was that was Soul Patch Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. Oh man. So we we I think statistically speaking, with all things considered, he is my favorite to win this race. That's a great pick. Uh Methy, what do you got? Um, can I take the field? <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel like that's I, not fair. I honestly I could give it to you and just if anyone um but Clint Boyer and Brennan gone wins. I'll just give you two points for trying. <laughs> it's I. It's so hard it's, to pick. It's a, a crapshoot, man. Because you could pick a favorite, and he, they could absolutely just wipe themselves out on lap one. Yeah, but you got you, you got to give us someone, Matthew. The the, the people at home are waiting. Uh, screw it, Logano. Okay. All right. Just just cause I don't know any better. You guys heard it here first. Methy word vomited out Joey Logano. So <laughs> I'm going to go. Yeah, He's probably my to, least favorite favorite. You know, honestly, I have to also go with Brad's pick of Martin Truex. I mean, Truex is one of the best road course racers in the field. And James Small has, I feel like this is going to be his coming out party with just like he's a mad scientist from his uh, V8 supercar days. And this is going to be. This is going to be fun for him. He's going to basically get a clean slate. No one knows what to do here, and he's going to have a lot of fun being able to call Truex's race. I don't know where he's starting. It's obviously going to be in the top 10, but um, he's not going to have to work. Yeah, he's not going to have to work that hard, especially if Harvick doesn't know where his breaking point is in turn one. So I'm I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully a good race throughout the field, but I think Truex is going to wipe his ass with the rest of the competitors. I'm um, surprised got... nobody picked who I was going to be my second pick. Yeah, I want to know who that was. Chase Elliott. Yeah, so Chase is actually the odds-on favorite, according to a bunch of Algerians who use uh, bet.com or something. It's one of those websites in um, in England. And he is the odds-on favorite, and it makes sense. If you win Watkins Glen last year and the Roval, you t- kind of have that advantage. But Watkins uh, Glen, same about... tire, man. Yeah, but me and Kevin were talking about it. Like The Chevys just don't look good compared to how they were in the beginning of the season. And I get it's a road course. I just, I don't know. Chase would probably be a top five guy, and that's probably a good pick. Like, I, I, I still don't have Adam picks. So it wouldn't surprise me if he might go off on a limb and pick uh, Chase. But, yeah, dude, if Chase wins, that would be awesome. You know, his, his drive at the Roval last year was one of the most exciting uh, drives back through the field I've seen in a long time. Well, uh, one thing about, I, I guess, like, road course nascar is if you have a good road course program no matter what rules package they throw at you usually you you still be, you still have the same success like yes sir if you look at hendrick's track record in the last few races jimmy johnson should have won the roval or almost should have won the roval in 18 
Um, then the next year, Chase Elliott goes and, and does amazing at the Roval. Chase Elliott mm-hmm. also did amazing in 18 at Watkins Glen. Um, I, they, they have it on road courses right now. They have something figured out that not everybody else has figured out. So uh, as far as them and Penske, I feel like those are the two best teams as far as their road course technology right now. So mm-hmm. And Chase I, Elliott I... being able to adapt, which seems to be his year right now, is just adapting to whatever. Um, I think they have a really good shot at, at winning the race. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that's probably why I, I, I chose Byron. I think he already has the skills to be a good road course racer. And, you know, like you said, Hendricks got the cars for it. So we'll see. I mean, if Byron gets his first win, that would be pretty exciting, especially for a race that's so up in the air like this. But uh, yeah, he's got opportunities before the playoffs start. I think that probably this isn't his best shot. I still think that the oval is going to probably be like he, him and like a guy like Stenhouse are going to be the ones going the hardest and obviously Eric Jones. But um, we'll see when we get there. We still got two Dover races in between. But um, you want to round out the field here? Ready when you are. All right, well, I'm glad someone responded to me. So I wanted to <laughs> just start off with the fact that we got Indy 500 practice going right now. Um, lots of excitement coming up there. Obviously, sadness, too, since we won't have fans. But they're letting a lot of reporters in uh, for the weekend. We had Hinch as the fastest. Um, I'm, I, I almost forgot that the Indy 500 was next weekend. And I got to tell you, I'm definitely very hyped now that I remember <laughs> that I'm going to be watching that over Dover. So, Brad, who do you think is going to win that race? The Indy 500? Yeah, you got any uh, picks for that one, or is Indy just not your field? Man, I, I don't know anything. But all <laughs> I know is I love James Hinchcliffe, and I hope he wins. <laughs> yeah, I hope he makes the field. I, I hope this is a sign of good things to come. Definitely love when Hinch makes the field. Oh, Matthew, well, everybody's making the field. Oh, yeah, there's okay, only so 33 entries. There's only 33 entries. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. We got Hinch in the field this year. Methy, who do you think is going to pull it off? Because I, I know I said um, earlier in the year, I think Scott Dixon, this is just his season. Oh, yeah, he'd be a dumb, he'd be dumb to not pick him. But uh, I'm going to be dumb, and I'm going to go <laughs> Fernando Alonso just because. Oh, he is actually racing? Yeah. Oh, shit. Only I didn't even 33 cars. Yeah, He's well, in. there you go. Dude, I, I, I am happy to see Fernando back in the car. I didn't even realize that. I didn't get to see him practice at all. Uh, Kevin told me to mention it. Kevin, this would have been his field for uh, going crazy with that. So, uh, whoops. Uh, what else we got this week that happened? Um, looks like uh, Columbia is moving um, to sponsor Bubba Wallace and RPM this season. So that's that's nice that they get more sponsorship. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um. I don't know. There's a lot of good music released this weekend. Since I have Brad on here, we can talk a little bit of music. We don't ever get to do that with Kevin because he only listens like three bands. <laughs> That's uh, fine. Yeah. Did you uh, catch uh, Glass Animals' new album? I did. I did. I'm, I'm stoked on it. Yeah, I, I was really happy with what they did. I mean, my friends were all saying it wasn't as good as uh, How to Be a Human Being, but I was like... It was more of an intimate uh, experience, I think, than it than uh, it was more pop, and that that really made me happy about it. I was definitely it was it's a it's a good. I've listened twice, so that's usually something I don't do with an album. It was like that and new Odessa album I did that with. So Bronson was fantastic. I don't know if you heard that yet. 
No, man, I, I was stuck on Dreamland because it's it's one of those albums where you have to play it through. Like that's just the yeah. only way it makes sense. And like they, mm-hmm. they structured it like a vibe. I, I love it, honestly. It it really is just a full ass vibe. And I love how it starts with Dreamland and ends with Dreamland basically in helium. It's it's so good. Matthew, you have no idea what we're talking about, but I promise you if you listen to Glass Animals, you can start being hip and cool again. <laughs> no, I am way too old to care about being hip and cool anymore. I'm so old. People say, "Are you hip?" I'm like, "Yeah, my left hip really hurts this week. It's got to be a weather <laughs> change." Oh so my! So that's God. about the only. Oh, that's about as hip as I'll get. I can't wait until you just start yelling at clouds. That you're going to be our favorite uh, part of the podcast forever. Yeah, I'm getting old. It's fun. It's a fun trip so far. I mean, I got a, I got a daughter. I got hip pain i mean i hurt my back sleeping i'm I'm there i'm there dude you make you make me so excited to get old friend it's a fun journey it's, yeah, uh, it's not the years it's the mileage so just make sure that uh you take care of yourself <laughs> god damn i'm old Kathy, <laughs> you're really not that old man like i i feel like we've had older people on the podcast and i'm trying to think and i feel like that's the mileage speaking yeah, I think it's the mileage. I think it's the amount of, of, of times you've gone around in, in short track circles that have maybe caused you pain. I might still be dizzy. I might. I might. I'm going to go with that. I'm still dizzy yeah, from my yeah, college you, years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, I know 100% I'm still, I'm still woozy. For um, I'm still woozy. Dude, they're fucking awesome. I, I'm glad you caught that reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sports. Sports. Um... Yeah, I don't really have too much else going on right now. Um, you know, I'm excited to get back to the track. I, I've been seeing people brag about going to short track races and living in South Florida. I physically can't do that. I wanted to go to Sebring a couple of weeks or about a month ago for whatever they were doing. I think it was their fake 12 hours or something. It was like it was six SVRA. hours. I really wanted to go, and I didn't find out about it until that Friday. And I was like, shit, I don't think I have time to make it there. So, Dang. but... I, well, if you I want, definitely... PBIR has a race in next weekend. Don't get me excited like that, especially on Indy 500 weekend. <laughs> I would, I will do that. Uh, do who's it. racing there? What cars? It's an SCCA weekend, so you'll see any type of vehicle. Open wheel. Oh, maybe I'll get to see an Xfinity car. Uh, you never, you never know. <laughs> yeah, they, they. Uh, I guess one thing we kind of glossed over and didn't talk about this week is that Alex LeBay has uh, the penalty has been rescinded for uh him getting some track time on the daytona oval like i don't know what nascar found legal about it but I, I, brad you're the expert in the aca right i have an idea of why okay. they might have let it slide and this is just a speculation i have no idea is um, it so no i think it's more of the rule states no private vehicle testing and no mm. private vehicle testing Technically, an Xfinity car can be raced in SCCA under the legal rules, and he did race the car. It was not a test. Technically, he was he, racing against other drivers. He was qualifying in a race on track with other cars. He actually qualified third. Ah. And he, if he wasn't taken off the track, he would have raced that afternoon. What class um, is that that he would be in? GT1. Okay, so he'd be going against like the Corvettes and like the Mustangs and stuff out there. It'll be more like Trans Am cars, okay. um, Trans Am one cars, uh, old stock cars with an SB two motor or higher. Um, 
old SCCA, uh, like GTE cars. Yeah. Like old American Le Mans series GTC cars. Yeah, I get that. That's okay. category. Damn, I, I actually kind of wish that they just didn't pull the plug on that. That would have been interesting. But then everyone probably would have figured we could we could do that. Yeah. So yeah, that, I guess that, that loophole was closed. Well, yeah, I guess now it's open the loophole now because if they are allowing it because of the the change in in the penalty, maybe you can now race an Xfinity car in SCCA. That would be kind of. So Are, they're not going to do the Roval. It's just IMSA, right? Uh, no, but SCCA does a race at the Roval. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I raced Oof. it last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Damn, I, I dude, I, I didn't know you actually raced at the. Roval. Actually, I have what, raced at the Roval. What What did you think of that? Is it more fun than Daytona? Hell yeah! Okay, at, tra- <laughs> at, the, tra- at the racetrack. Daytona is just like. That is a track that we race on, but Roval, that's a racetrack. Yeah, that is a damn racetrack. Dude, Daytona, oh my god, you just, you just wait, you mad it, you wait, you wait, you wait, bus stop, you wait, you wait, you wait, yeah. you wait, you wait, turn one. You gotta let me know when you're um, doing the Roval, because I, I, I might make my way up, uh, up your, your end of the country for that one, because I, I do love the Roval, and I really want to go there for the NASCAR race. But I think that Kevin and I are going to probably do Talladega again this year instead of the Roval, which makes me happy and makes me sad. So we'll, we'll figure that one out when that comes along. Oh, I will be there. Ooh, perfect. All right. Well, I don't know anything else. I think that I'm missing some stuff. I saw Matthew told me not to give him any attention, but the psychopath once known as Jason Jacoby sending death threats to Kevin Hardwick and, uh, yeah, I don't. If you guys don't know who he is, like I didn't know who he was until about two months ago. God bless you. God. I'm glad you didn't know about him, <laughs> dude. I legitimately didn't find out until like two months ago when all this shit started popping up on Twitter, and I'm like, who is this fucking Looney Tune? And why does he have the world's most punchable face? Like, uh, this guy's a scumbag. But um, yeah, I've known him since his streaming days. I'm very sorry, bro. Oh. Let's see here. I don't have anything else, so. God, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. You know, it's um, hoping that uh, you know we get to vibe again in person. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Oh, yeah, and, and Methy, thank you for uh, stopping by once again. You know, it's always a pleasure to have the old man come. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's always a pleasure, and it's nice to talk to you, young kids, so I can stay hip. Dude, I'm <laughs> telling you, listen, listen to cool. Dreamland. You'll you'll feel young again. Yeah, man, listen to Dreamland. Seriously, everyone, listen to Dreamland. It's, it's probably my favorite album of the year, besides Bronson. But uh, it just depends on your vibe, I guess. I don't know. I also really like, um, I don't, you don't listen to Jeff Rosenstock, do you? Uh, I've seen Jeff Rosenstock live, and that's as far as I'll go. That's as far as you'll go? He's, yeah. he's incredible live, but his new album is really good. Uh, number one, not that weird. I think that was also really good. But he had a good album. I just don't go back and listen to it too often, because I'm not in that rage mode. Too much. I am. Oh wait, there's a rage mode option. Oh wait, there's a rage mode option. Oh, there's definitely a rage mode option. Are you kidding? Matthew, I don't I know to, these I things. These, I go to really like heavy like bass concerts, and I I I attempt to leave in a neck brace. Like there is heavy yeah. rage in this body. Absolutely. Cool. I I I moshed with my friends at Kaizo because it was the only people I was allowed to mosh with. I am very jealous of that. 
I wish I could have seen any live music again. <laughs> we'll get there soon, guys. We'll get there soon. And I think that's probably the saddest thing about the Indy 500 is not having a snake pit there this year. R.I.P. Snake Pit. But, uh, yeah, so next week we're going to have um, hopefully a pretty big episode with the Indy 500 coming up. I uh, just want to give a quick shout-out to our friends over at Stadium Scene TV, our partners. We had we were on their show last week, 10 minutes with, turned into about 17 and a half minutes. But uh, we had a great time with uh, DJ over there. And uh, make sure to check out their website if you're making podcasts and videos. If you want to be your content creator looking to get a bigger reach out to your fans. Fans, if you're looking to find new podcasts, especially with baseball, maybe NFL, basketball, hockey, especially with the hockey playoffs right now, um, soccer, all that stuff, you can find a new fun podcast or video series to check out there. So yes, stadiumscene.tv. So uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. I've been Anthony. I've been Matthew. And I'm Brad. <laughs> and Kevin was here. But until next week, love you guys. Bye. Rolling Star!